Shalom. This is Abigail Rock. Welcome to TanakhStudy.com. In our class yesterday, we went through Yehuda's speech. The speech we read yesterday was a very moving and powerful speech. The three important points Yehuda sets out to make in his speech, number one, subtle criticism, rebuke towards Yosef, who had known of the nature of the relationship between Yaakov, the elderly Yaakov, and his son Binyamin, and nonetheless he had requested and insisted that this Binyamin appear in Mitzrayim. Number two, Yehuda describes the pain that the father had been going through for the past several years since he had lost child, beloved child number one, and the pain he will surely go through if Binyamin does not return home. And thirdly, Yehuda ends his speech by offering himself to stay in Egypt giving up his entire future for the sake of his father. And, one, and, impo and it's important to notice, this is not about Binyamin. The question that comes up is not whether or not Binyamin is guilty or innocent. The only question that concerns Yehuda is the suffering of the father. The word that repeated itself 14 times in the unit in his speech was father, avi, avinu. In today's class, we finally get to hear how does Yehuda's speech affect Yosef. Let's begin chapter 45, verse 1. Yosef could no longer restrain himself, and he calls upon all those who are, who are serving him. Remove everyone, and no one was with Yosef when he introduced himself to his brothers. Yosef, who can no longer restrain, in the past parasha, we saw a couple of times that Yosef wants to cry and restrains himself. That he wants to cry and he goes to the room. That he wants to cry and he withholds the tears. Here, he can no longer withhold. The description of the father mourning for him for so many years brings him to tears. Yehuda, who is a completely changed Yehuda, Yehuda who offers himself to sit down as a servant in Egypt, Yehuda, who was the one who had initiated him being sold, is now willing to, sit, to remain in Egypt as a slave so that Binyamin, son of Rachel, can go back home and be with Yaakov that brings Yosef to tears. Yehuda, who talks about the father, the father, the father, brings Yosef to want to reunite with his father. No one was with Yosef when Yosef had introduced himself to his brothers, reintroduced himself to his brothers. The word that's used in Hebrew is to be known, when Yosef is to be known. I, I think it's a very nice word that the Tanakh chooses to use here, because ladat is not just to introduce yourself, hello, I'm so-and-so, it is to have a very close relationship. Yosef is not just interested in introducing himself. Yosef is interested in lehit vada, to restore the relationship. From the very beginning of Sipure Yosef, Yosef is interested in a relationship with his brothers. When he goes, seeks his brothers, et achai anochi mevakesh. And here, finally, he can restore the relationship. Finally, thanks to the fact that the brothers 
are changed people, but Yosef too is a changed man, as we're about to see in this chapter and later on too. Verse 2, he, Yosef can no longer withhold, his, withhold himself. He breaks out crying. The, the nation hears his cry. The household of Paro hears his cry. Yosef continues, verse 3, He introduces himself to his brothers, and he says, I am Yosef. Is my father still alive? And his brothers could not answer him, for they, had, they were frightened. Yosef, who hears Yehuda talking about the Abba, 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 the first words that he says after I am Yosef is asking about the Abba. Ha'od Avichai. He hears Yehuda talking about my father, my father, our father. Yosef says, it's also my father, Avi. And is my, when he asks Ha'od Avichai, he's not asking, is my father still alive? He knows, of course, he's the father still alive. Yehuda just gave a very long speech about the father. What, he's, what Yosef is really saying here is, not is, he, not is my father still alive physically, but emotionally, how could my father be alive all these years? Being torn from his beloved son, Yosef, the brothers cannot answer him because they were afraid. I think, first of all, they're afraid maybe this isn't Yosef and someone knows their story. And this is a terrible story for people to know. And this is the last thing that they would want is these people in Egypt to know that they had sold their brother. And perhaps they're very concerned that this might have become public knowledge. Who knows? Maybe Yaakov will find out somehow that, the, that they had sold Yosef. And they're frightened. Yosef needs to do two things here. Number one, he needs to calm them down. And number two, he needs to convince them that indeed he is Yosef. He's not just repeating to them some story that they might have heard. There's In their minds, there's no way that this really, it seems from the way the story is described here, in their minds, it seems, as far as they're concerned, Yosef is dead. There's no reason that Yosef would have suddenly appeared as the prince of Egypt in Mitzrayim. They have no clue whatever happened in Egypt. And the last place they would have expected him to be is as the second in command in Egypt. So Yosef needs to convince them that he is indeed Yosef. And secondly, Yosef needs to calm them down. Verse 4, Vayomer Yosef el echad, Gishuna elai, Vayigashu, Vayomer ani Yosef achichem asher mechatem oti mitzrayma. Yosef tells his brothers, approach me, and they approach. And he says to them, I am Yosef, your brother, which you had sold to Egypt. Yosef tells them to approach him, and they approach. Now these Vayigash, we met this word at the beginning of Parashat Vayigash when Yehuda approaches Yosef. And there, we, one of the opinions that we had suggested is that he approaches him physically close in order not to speak loudly in front of everyone because there, there was going to be some rebuke. Here, we also have that closeness. Yosef wants them to, he wants them to come close so that he can speak to them quietly. This is, it's nothing to be proud of that they are brothers that had sold their own brother. So in order not to humiliate them, he tells them, approach me, and they approach. And he tells them, I am Yosef, your brother, which you had sold to Egypt. If the brothers were not sure whether or not this really is Yosef, Yosef continues to tell them, I am Yosef, which you have sold to Egypt. Yosef gives them some more details so that they should know that he really is who he says he is. 
if you recall, when we had studied the story of Yosef being sold to the Ishmaelites, we had mentioned the Rashbam's opinion that the brothers just put Yosef in the pit and the Midianites had taken out of the pits and sold him later on to the Ishmaelites. And when Reuven returns to the pit, Yosef is no longer in the pit. How does that resolve with this verse? Rashbam addresses this verse and says, I, I am Yosef who you had caused me to get to Egypt. And perhaps the reason he's telling them, I am Yosef who he had sold to Egypt, he is describing to them the events, what had happened from the time they had put him in the pit. What had happened? You want to know what, how I got here? I was sold to Egypt, and eventually I received this position. And he continues in verse 5, And now don't be aggravated, don't be upset that you had sold me here to Egypt, for God had sent me here in order to sustain you. These are beautiful words of Yosef. Yosef is trying to comfort his brothers. And the way he comforts his brothers is not only that he says that you were just pawns in God's major plan and therefore don't be upset, but Yosef continues to say that something positive came out of all of this. Almost to say, I should be thankful to you for all of this. Yosef continues in the next two verses explaining in what way were they only part of implementing God's plan. Verse 6. We're two years into the famine and we have another five years where there will be no plowing and no harvest. And God had sent me ahead of you in order to sustain the family. Yosef continues this idea in verse 8. And now you have not sent me here. It is God that had sent me here. And God had appointed me in charge of the household of Paro and the master of his house and a governor over the entire land of Egypt. Verse 9. Yosef tells his brothers, Hurry up, go up to my father, and say to him, Thus says your son Yosef, God had appointed me to the master of Egypt. Come to me, don't wait. There's a few, there's, there's three interesting words in this verse. Yosef says, tells his brothers, go up to Avi, my father, and tell him, your son, so, thus said your son Yosef, come to me. Those three words, my father, your son, to me, these are the three words that say it all. This is what Yosef has been waiting for for 22 years. This is what Yosef was deprived of. This is what Yosef was moved by in Yehuda's speech, the desire to be once again a son, desire that is to be together with his father, Eli, to come to me. And Yosef continues in verse 10, And you will be close to me, again, that to me, you, your sons, your grandchildren, your flock, your cattle, and everything that you own. I will be able to sustain you in Goshen for there are another five years of famine 
lest you become poor in your land. That's the word tivarish, lest you become poor. Yosef continues to tell the brothers what should they tell the father. Verse 12. Look, your own eyes have seen that it is me who is speaking. It is my mouth. Now what it could mean is that your own eyes see it is my mouth can possibly mean up until now we know they had a translator so you see now i am talking to you directly so you know that it is me because i speak the same language that is one opinion however the problem with that is that it is very possible that many people understood the hebrew language therefore it is unlikely that yosef is telling the brothers look i speak your language and that means that it is really me what is more likely here and this is suggested by rabbi yosef Bechor Shor, is that yosef is telling them Look, it is me who is inviting you and my father, the family, to come here. And I am the second in command here. So you know I can back up my commitment to you. It is me who is speaking to you. Verse 13. Notice now Yosef uses that word, avi, avi, avi. He tells the brothers, go to my father, tell him of my honor in Egypt and everything that you have seen with your own eyes of my status and hurry up. This is the second time we have the word to hurry up and bring my father here. What's what? Why hurry up? For one, we know that the father, there's a famine and they need to be sustained. Number two, he misses his father. He wants to see him. As soon as, as soon as possible. And number three, he's old. He doesn't know how many more years does the father have left to, left to live, especially a father who has gone through so much pain and suffering. Therefore, go as soon as possible. Verse 14, He falls upon the neck of his brother Binyamin, and he cries, and Binyamin cries on his neck. And we pointed out that each cry of Yosef has very specific meaning and significance. Here I think the cry is not only a cry of love to his maternal brother, but maybe it's also a cry of the two brothers when are united together are reminded of what they have in common, which is their ima, their mother, their dead mother who had died years ago. Verse 15, if at first he asks his brothers to approach him, now he approaches them and he kisses each and every one. He cries on each one. It's interesting to point out that when he falls on Binyamin's neck, both Binyamin and Yosef cry. However, when he kisses his brothers, only Yosef is crying. The brothers are not crying. And Ramban points out that the brothers are too humiliated and embarrassed to show any emotion at this point. We sense that the emotion that the brothers have is not an emotion of love, but it's really an emotion of, of fear. And Yosef is going to have to continue calming, calming them down and guaranteeing them that he had forgiven them. Verse 16. Rumor reached the household of Paral, and the rumor was that the brothers of Yosef had arrived, and this pleased Paral and his servants. And now Paral speaks in verse 17. 
יוסף, אמור אל אחיך, זאת עשו, טענו את בירכם, ולכו ובואו ארצה כנען, וקחו את אביכם ואת בתיכם, ובואו אליי, ואתנה לכם את טוב ארץ מצרים, ויאכלו את חלב הארץ, ואתה צוביית, זאת עשו, קחו לכם מארץ מצרים, עגלות לטמכם ולנשיכם, ונשאתם את אביכם ובאתם, ועיניכם אל תחוס על כליכם, כי טוב כל ארץ מצרים לכם הוא. So פרעה is very excited. Let's hear what פרעה tells יוסף. ויאמר פרעה יוסף, Go tell your brothers, this is what you should do. You should take your food, go to Canaan, and bring your father, bring your households, and come to me, and, and I will give you of the finest of the land. פרעה turns to יוסף, You have been commanded to do as follows. Take Abmitraim chariots for the children and for the wives, and carry your father down and come. And don't worry yourself with your belongings. Don't bother taking your belongings. Just come down. Once you come here, you can benefit from the, the goodness of the land of Egypt. We see Paro is extremely eager for the brothers to come, and they should come as soon as possible before they change their mind. I think it's very clear why Paro is so eager for the brothers to come down. If Yosef has been so successful and helped the economy of Egypt so much, how much more so if we have 11 brothers of Yosef? That can really make Mitzrayim into the greatest empire ever. Verse 21. The sons of Yaakov, the sons of Israel, did as they were told. which is to, they're about to go up and bring down their father. Yosef gives them chariots of Paro, according to the word of Paro, and he gives them tzedala darech. The chariots were an asset of Egypt. Chariots could not leave Egypt without permission of the king, and that's why I said that he took the chariots in accordance to the words of Paro, and he gives them tzedala darech. Tzedala darech is food for the way. In addition to this, to the chariots, in addition to the Yitzedal Adarech, verse 22, Yosef gives them some gifts, לכולם נתן לאיש חליפות שמלות, ולבנימין נתן שלוש מאות כסף וחמש חליפות שמלות. Yosef gives his brothers clothing, each one he gives them a new set of clothing, and to Binyamin he gives 300 pieces of silver and five sets of clothing. The reason the brothers receive clothing, practically, Right after Binyamin was framed, the brothers had torn their garments, so their clothing is torn. It's not like people had traveled with suitcases full of clothing. They probably had one set of clothing, and therefore he gives them a new set of clothing. In addition, there's also a metaphoric meaning that we've been following throughout the entire parashot of Vayeshev, Miketz, and now Vayigash, and that is, if the brothers had sinned towards Yosef by tearing his katonet, and they had repented for their actions by tearing their clothing and offering that they all be servants instead of Binyamin. That was tshuva for what they have done to Yosef. Now Yosef's way of showing the brothers that the relationship has been restored is by giving them a full set of clothing. They had torn his clothing, They had, then the brothers tear their own clothing, and now Yosef gives them a complete set of clothing, which is also a way of the Tanakh telling us that their tshuva has been accepted. Brothers each received one set of clothing. Binyamin receives five sets of clothing. The brothers did not receive money. Binyamin receives 300 pieces of silver. For one, he gives Binyamin more because Binyamin had been 
falsely accused, and that was a great deal of aggravation caused to Binyamin being framed for the Gaviyah. In order to make up for that aggravation, he makes up it by giving the silver and the five pieces of sets of clothing. Also, Binyamin is one who was deprived of his brother in order to make up for not having his brother. Yosef gives Binyamin these extra gifts. Verse 23, He sent to his father's ten donkeys, ten, ten female donkeys, all carrying food and grain from Egypt and food for the father for the way. He sent off his brothers, and they left, and as they leave, he says to them, Al-Tirgazu, do not be upset at the on the way. Now, this word, Lirgoz, can mean one of several things. It can mean, don't, don't be angry at each other. Don't start blaming each other. Whose fault was it that Yosef was sold? Whose terrible idea was that? That could be Al-Tirgazu Badarach. Another possibility is you have, don't worry. You will not... People who had carried large amounts of food might have been frightened that they will be attacked by thieves on the way. Yosef calms them down says, you have nothing to be worried about because the king's army men are going to look out for you. Verse 24, On this long journey home, they have these brothers have a lot to talk about. One of the main issues they're going to be discussed is not only how are we going to tell our father, that we found Yosef, but what exactly are we going to tell Abba when we come home? How is how are we going to explain to our father that Yosef, who he assumed was dead because we had presented him with a bloody katonet, is the second to the king in Egypt? These will be the discussions that the brothers have. What should they tell their father? Should they tell him what they have done? Should they not tell the father what, should, what they have done to Yosef? The reader is not told what they discuss on the way back. The next thing we know is they're in Canaan. And all we can do is try to figure out and read between the lines what is it that Yaakov was told by the brothers, what was he not told by the brothers, and we will continue with that question next class. Shalom.